Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. We're a bunch of mega fans giving you the news discussion and, of course, a whole lot of opinions about Brandon's works and the Cosmere. I'm Eric, and joining me is Ian. And I was really hoping we would get to the point where we introduce Argent before he put his headphones back on. Oh. No, no. But I'm Weary Rider. <laughs> also joining us is Evgeny. I can continue playing with my hair. That's perfectly okay. <laughs> no, we're good. Uh, so last time, last time I had a no. balls in my beard. No. This time... <laughs> <laughs> I have this illustration from Felcandy, which is Rudolph the uh, Exhound. Cute. <laughs> cute. That's also, very cute. Also. I have this uh, bottle of apple whiskey that says Argent, Argent on, it. on it. Yep. Awesome. Great. Carry on. I'm Argent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, also joining us is Grace. Hello, I'm Gator Girl. Hello. And lastly, we have Marvin. Hi, I'm Paleo. Awesome, and I am Chaos. And this episode, we're going to go through Wobs faster than last time. That's, <laughs> that's, what, I, that's what I believe. It's a and low bar. Perception in the Cosmere matters. So if I perceive <laughs> that we're going faster, then we will be going faster. That's how it works. Time flies when you're having fun with friends. Yeah. <laughs> Is that why these episodes have been dragging? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ian, start us up. Okay, so Pod asked in one of his books that he was having brought in sign, like, how many people are intentionally killed in the process of creating a typical medallion? And Brennan wrote, not as many as you think. Which is at once helpful and so unhelpfully vague that it is prime Brandon. I guess the question is, Pod, how many were you thinking? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Brandon, are you a mind reader? <laughs> <laughs> and it's also how many are intentionally killed, so maybe. <laughs> Kelsey are unintentional. Well, Kelsey is usually pretty intentional yeah. with his murdering. Yeah. So. No accidents there. And these are obviously referring to the medallions that are mm -hmm. unsealed metal medallions that are popular in South Scadrial. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I don't I don't know if we can yeah. cool. talk about this much. Next question uh, covers a topic very near but not necessarily dear to our hearts. Um uh -huh. pedanticness. Oh yes. Oh, it's dear to my <laughs> heart. <laughs> Can you explain the difference between a singer and a listener? Asks the questioner. And Brandon says, Singer is the name of the people in their own language. Listener, this group that split off from the singers and did not want to be called singers anymore, called themselves listeners, and that name perpetuated. Uh, you could say that singers is the name of the race and listener is the name of a nation. Yay! Unlike that other wob that Brandon's like, oh yeah, I think we, we need to canonize the name of the race. I'm like, but you did <laughs> in the book. So probably mm -hmm. just him being tired, but good. Yeah. Dang it. That's good because that's a sensible one. I think working on Rhythms of War where there's more uh, singer and listener stuff probably cemented this. So. Yeah, I, I'd I would say so. <laughs> yeah. Good. Next questioner asked, has Hoyd ever died before? Brandon, define the died. He has had his head chopped off. 
there's an inaudible clarification. And Bryn said, he actually ends the book Dragonsteel that's unpublished being beheaded. And that event happened, although that book didn't happen as the book was written. That's fantastic. I yep. can confirm that that is how Dragonsteel ends. <laughs> yep. And Brennan has mentioned that Hoyt has had his head chopped off before. Yep. Yep. And it was, it was way back then. So nothing else in that book probably happens that way. But yeah, that, that event mm-hmm. did occur. So uh, the next question is uh, the question asks if it's possible for Nightblood, uh, if it's possible for Nightblood to actually interact with the shard, what, what would happen? And Brennan answered, um, a shard would try to stay very far away from Nightblood. Nightblood could not plausibly destroy an entire shard, but the vessel could be in danger. Which I think is like more or less confirming what you already had. Like a shard is too large, but he can do serious damage. Yeah. Um, I think this is the first time we have an explicit confirmation that the danger is to the vessel. Like That's we're true, not yeah. looking mm-hmm. at maybe maybe Nightblood's gonna eat up like twenty percent of the shard and then explode or whatever. It's the danger is to the vessel specifically. Yeah. Hmm. Now hmm. I'm just like thinking, what does it mean to interact with a shard and like <laughs> uh, like what what does that mean? But when it comes to Nightblood, eat, eat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, would it be like a part of its power or like you? What does that mean? It's, it's, it's kind of worms. Unclear. Yes, it is. Cool. I also wanted to put some uh, Skyward-related questions in here mm-hmm. because it is the Starsight release. And mm-hmm. so this questioner asks, theoretically, could an AI develop cytonic powers or is it purely biological rather than consciousness? Brandon, it is possible that an AI could. That's cool. I don't know how I yeah, feel. It's cool. Yeah? Why is that? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Good talk. Um, could it? <laughs> I could do. It, like I said, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. Well, okay, that's that's fair. It's fair. You you did brand it correctly. Like the question is then: Is it any AI or just the ones that use Cytonics already for their processing? Like, but, yeah. Mm. Yeah. What does it mean? That's it, interesting. I mean, even if it's possible, it's probably if they know about it, forbidden. Yeah, it does make me wonder if the the ban against AI or the 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 reason people are people in the superiority at least are so apprehensive of AI is because the combination of like not necessarily AI on its own being bad, but AI that develops cytonic abilities is is what they're trying to guard against. Huh. Yeah, I, I felt it was the cytonic processors that was the problem, really. That was annoying the Delvers, I guess. Spoilers for Starside. <laughs> yeah. Go. Cool. This next one is from Squeeves. Squeeves. Uh, who asked. What a great thing. Similar, similar to how holding Stormlight and Voidlight causes an emotional reaction, does holding a lot of breath create an appreciation for beauty? Brandon. Yes, I would say that it does. To which Squeeves then asks. Does every form of investiture create an emotional reaction? Brandon, I would say yes. That's kind of cool. <laughs> and it does make mm-hmm. some sense because Brandon has said like holding any amount of investiture will affect your you. personality. Like in like the upper boundary of that is like shards and right. shardican. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me think of there was a wob somewhere uh, where somebody, well, obviously somebody, <laughs> was asking about breaths and about why the returned look like the like the, the perfect ideas of what mm-hmm. beauty looks mm-hmm. like, like perfection, what it looks like, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember the answer exactly, but one of the things that Brandon touched on was that since breaths are essentially slivers, well, I shouldn't say slivers, they're, they're pieces of endowment <laughs> and divine breaths oh, are yeah. even bigger pieces of endowment yeah. Yeah. than the more breath you have, the closer you are to kind of this perfect ideal, which is endowment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and this reminded me of that because it sounds like the more investiture you have, um, specifically of a given shard, kind of the closer you become to that shard. Mm-hmm. I think that makes uh, sense. And so maybe the more Stormlight you have, the more bondy or oathy whatever you are well i don't um, think it needs to be direct like that perhaps not yeah yeah i think that endowment question was like whether there is an independent ideal of beauty and like that uh, what the return would look like or whether it's only formed by their perception like yeah the answer was as afghani said that there is something that is you're moving towards endowment basically yeah mm-hmm. but like ideals of beauty do change um, but this does remind me of a scene in Warbreaker where Vivenna, like, after she gets the breath from Lemix, and, like, so she, like, gets, like, perfect color recognition, she, like, describes, like, I think it's one of the palaces in the Court of Gods about how it's, like, varying shades of red, mm. and she, like, she comments on how like beautiful it is and parlin is just like it's just a lot of red like he can't see what she sees yeah and part of that is like her ability to distinguish yeah. colors but i think it is also part of this like now she also like appreciates it more perhaps there is that moment in words of radiance when hoyd is visiting Kaladin in prison uh, where Hoyt laments that now having having perfect pitch. What does he lament? He was complaining he, about he, something. He's not lamenting anything. He's like, oh, having perfect pitch makes tuning this way easier. Oh yeah, that's that's what he was saying. Yeah, I, I had it in my head that he was complaining that now it's too easy and it's like no, 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 no. He he loves it. And oh. then there there is another scene in the prologue where after. Vasher gets the influx of bread. Like he comments on like the colors of the prisoner's skin and the bruises and how like they're like the colors are like so beautiful. Yeah. Which yeah. Always struck me as kind of weird and creepy. <laughs> but now it makes more sense. <laughs> but um, the investiture is slightly changing it. I, I think that's mm-hmm. reasonable. I would say a big chunk of that, though, is just the ability to recognize all the different nuances. Mm, Yeah, and the the heightening. Like, after you have lost the ability to recognize these colors and you regain it, you sort of, you, you are, uh, Basher rejoices that he has it again. Like, yeah, yeah. it's striking. Um, It reminds me of, there's a, this is off topic, but it's a cool thing. Uh, There's an interesting thing that uh, some researchers did uh, a few years back where, uh, they wanted to emphasize 
changes that would normally be invisible to us, uh, like in the human body, that is. And there, there's, there's a big story behind all of that. But for, for practical purposes and for relevant purposes, what they did was they took video recording of people. And because computers are far better than us at like distinguishing differences in, in colors, what they did was they exaggerated the change in color as people's like blood flow and circulation change up. So like as so as your blood is, is flowing through your body, like your skin is getting slightly less red and slightly more blue at times. And so they took that and they they exaggerated it extremely mm-hmm. with computers. And so you could see like people's like they pulse. Mm. I see that you think it's gross. It's gross, but it, yeah, it looked really cool. And like maybe people of higher heightenings could notice that. Yeah, I imagine they would. Cool, but I don't think that uh, stormlight is about like motion, right? That you it drives you to act, mm-hmm. right? It pushes in in a sense, whereas uh, yeah. So that that's that's kind of what Stormlight does, and it doesn't need to be directly tied to the shard. Yeah, in that way, it it affects people. It doesn't it doesn't have to be emotional effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like a an effect that is directly tied to the shard, mm-hmm. like from the name. Fair. That's mm-hmm. more what I mean. Fair. In the same way that the abilities you get from a shard are not necessarily tied to that shard, right? But I, I think all the sorts of investitures would have some sort of flavoring like this. Mm-hmm. That seems sure. reasonable. It's like mm-hmm. beauty and endowment don't necessarily go together. Well, that's very, is that is very true. Yeah. yeah. We, we think like, of breath as, oh, yeah, beauty, that makes sense. But it's like with endowment, <laughs> like, eh. Well, I mean, yeah. endowing the arts. Mm. Endowing the arts, you know? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Mm-hmm. There are places I could take this conversation, but yeah, uh, let's we'll move on to the, the next, next one. <laughs> there are alimentic savants. Are there ferrochemical savants? Says the question. And Brian says, much harder to do. My feeling on ferrochemical savants was because it was your own power in the first place. You can't steep in it so much in the way. Probably in the same the way. way. In the same way, probably, yeah. Probably. Or in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you can get someone else's power, or if you're fueling your ferrochemy another way, you could become one. So the Lord L- Ruler is a good example. Uh, was Miles a... Yeah, yeah, Miles uh, would be the same sort of thing. Is that why he didn't die as quickly in the execution? Uh, Branson's yes. So yeah, normally, No. But if you can compound, you become... Basically, that is how I am explaining part of compounding abilities. Makes sense. It, there needs to be an end positive component to become a savant. You, it, it, yeah. it can't just come from yourself. Right, yeah. You, yeah. You're like, if you're just circulating your own juice, <laughs> it's not enough. Mm. It it would have a much, much, much less pronounced of an effect. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Cool. 
Mason Wheeler asked, So Vasher has been on Roshar to live off the stormlight. Does he know about Lurkins? Brandon. He has heard of Lurkins. How afraid of them is he? He is happy that they are all supposedly extinct. They would kill him. Makes sense. Yeah. Yep. But interesting that Larkins could grab that divine breath. That's mm. well, like not shocking to me at all. Yeah, it isn't. Well, that just has implications. It, it is divine breath is very similar to like other breath in that it, it is to a certain extent segmented from the rest of your mm-hmm. spirit web. Like it is possible to give it away. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it's not. It's like a larkin can't consume your spirit web, but technically the divine breath is not part of his spirit. Sure. Web. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's not as on, more or less. It's not as easy as say stormlight because stormlight is like mm-hmm. leaky and porous, at least in humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but breath is it's kind of meant to be moved around and gifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So uh, the next question uh, asked that, uh, or whether all the worlds in the Cosmia are on a linear timeline. And Brandon said that, yes, they are with an asterisk. There is time dilation. If you get too close to large amounts of matter or large amounts of investiture, you will have time dilation. And then another question was, uh, I was just curious about how time works for world hoppers. Brandon answered to that. Um, so the world hopper's time is going to pass normally unless they can stay near to a large uh, near to large collections of investiture. They can warp time in the same way that gravity large masses can warp time. Ugh. Makes sense. This feels yeah. like this is a new thing Brandon decided, and he wanted to really make sure to say it on this <laughs> event, <laughs> yeah. right? Because because every every signing or every event, there's like Brandon's like. I want to say this thing. Just give me an excuse. Because he didn't need to go into that detail. So, well, that sounds fun. General relativity is known for being well and easy to understand and not uh, the most mathy thing ever. So, yay. (laughs) Great. Well, not the most mathy thing, but hooray. So, do we think perpendicularities would count? Um, I mean, at least technically, right? Yes. So, like in the same um, distance that, like, a clock on the surface of Earth versus one that's mm. like twenty miles in the air would technically experience different amounts of yeah. time, but it's negligible. Um, I would say that perpendicularities warp time sufficiently so that. You can perceive the change on the scale of a human lifetime. Ish. Um, I, I think the fact that they are saturated enough or dense enough to like puncture the realms yeah. means that they are mm-hmm. they're pretty chunky boys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say so, um, yeah. yeah. Obviously nowhere near the level of a shard, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I, th- I don't, I don't think it's gonna be something along the lines of, well, if you, if you live a hundred years next to a perpendicularity, you are like thirteen seconds older than somebody who doesn't. Uh, I think there will be a measurable, difference, uh, measurable difference, which makes travel through cells' cognitive realm very interesting. Oh, that's super interesting, yeah. actually. Ooh, because like that is the most concentrated. Ooh nexus of investiture 
we know of that isn't in the place where time has no meaning. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. just like, like you lose what like months or years just like going through there. That's really interesting to think about. Yeah. I'm also like thinking about the shards have expanded minds and stuff, but mm-hmm. and where a shard is in the three realms is unclear, like kind of all of them, but mostly spiritual. Mm-hmm. But where mm-hmm. that vessel is, it, it's not obvious, but they are literally holding massive chunks of investiture. So maybe they haven't mm-hmm. experienced as much time as we think they have. <sighs> a good call yeah I, I think once you get to the point where you're a shard and the bulk of your being is in the spiritual realm time doesn't yeah doesn't have the same meaning to you yeah I, I would say that that is very reasonable it could probably be um, a type of situation where you, uh, you you choose your own adventure when it comes to time Mm-hmm. So, like, if you need to pay super close attention to, like, on a second-to-second or minute-to-minute basis somewhere, you can do that, even though that mm-hmm. somewhere is in the physical or in the cognitive realm where mm-hmm. time does matter. But if you're like, nothing's going on, you don't have to spend a thousand years bored out of your mind. You can just kind of let those pass. They can fast forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they can't rewind. No, that no, but they can slow down. It doesn't work. They can make uh, speed bubbles at will. The Lord Ruler spent a lot of time in his like uh, little indoor hut, and that was basically above the Well of Ascension. Do we think that that had a measurable impact on his life? The, that he perceived, or over the probably over the course of a thousand years, it probably was something, but like. I'm gonna Did say it him no, because the well was so. refilling. So, like, it was True. most pronounced there, and I imagine the effect on distance there matters a lot. Like, yeah, the hut was above there, but like, that's. I think you have to be very close to the investiture for it to really matter. Mm-hmm. I would say so. Yeah, and it was empty for like exactly. most of that time anyway. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Weird. Neat. Another Skyward question. I'm apparently getting them all. Rashara asks, in Defending Elysium, you had a guy in a white room with the communications. Then Spencer sees the Delver in a white room. Brandon, that is an intentional hearkening of the same idea. Rashara, are they closely connected? Brandon, I wouldn't say closely. But I would say moderately. Thank you for asking if they are closely connected <laughs> and not just are they connected. Everything's connected in the spiritual realm. But it's it's Spir- Skyward, so nowhere. there is no spiritual realm to connect. Look, the nowhere. Everything's yeah. connected in the nowhere. <laughs> <Easy>. <laughs> to be honest, I don't I don't know what to think about this, because Rashara has definitely really liked talking about this, but I don't know what to think. Yeah, about I, the relationship. I just don't know what the connection could be. Yeah. Yeah. Could just like, be that Brandon wanted to. Iconic, but yeah, it could also just be that Brandon wanted that thematic connection. Like, yeah, not necessarily for any in-world reason. Just like the mm-hmm. picture of like the 
Yeah, but yeah, mm. the thematic connection is probably the most obvious and probably likely answer. Mm -hmm. um, I do kind of wonder where whether the whether the fact that you are in a in a white room, kind of like empty of distractions, mm -hmm. makes satanic like facilitates satanic abilities. Like whether that's just obviously you don't need that, right? But if it if it helps, yeah, that kind of reminds me of in I think it was the third Legion story. Mm. There's yeah. a point where Stephen like goes into a like a completely white room. The room. It's, it's the second one, skin deep. Is it the second? Okay. Yeah. And they, they do it, it a couple like, times. Um, it allows him to like mm. devote less of mm. his mind yeah. to. Like, Perceiving the world and like devoting mm. more to the mm. aspects. Legion is. I, I think I. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! The um, Tritus is the perfect state. I'm trying to remember in in defending Elysium. What is is uh, does Jason White think, or yeah, does he think white is super loud or black? Because I know he perceives color mm. as cytonics, and I'm trying to remember oh, which one. God. I don't. I don't remember either. If I had, if I had read Defending Elysium in the past like seven years, <laughs> I read Defending uh, Elysium directly after Skyward. Okay, uh, I have the quote uh, to others. White was neutral, but to Jason, it was by far the most scarish choice. So mm. it's probably mm. the most, the loudest. Yeah. Well, that ruins that theory. Well, maybe well, it's more that. It's yeah. an incredible nexus of cytonic things happening. That it is the it's, loudest. It's for him. Yeah. It's the yeah. loudest. It. But that might be because, like, he is blind and he is using cytonics to perceive color. It, but it to is, someone with yeah. sight. Mm. It is interesting that it's possible at all to perceive color with cytonics, which yeah. I don't think is something that has been talked about yet. Yeah. No, but like oh, we see oh. it in Skyward too. Yeah. Where with Grand Grand like picking out and sorting mm -hmm. the beads. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's true. Interesting. God, I, I if I had spent any time any time thinking about this at all, <laughs> maybe I would have had some some cohesive ideas. But because because color is just electromagnetic waves, right? They're yep. they, they yeah. have different different frequencies. Yep. And so and so if if the the way to perceive color with cytonic abilities is by picking up on those electromagnetic waves and like identifying them, like seeing them in a way, mm -hmm. figuring out what their frequency is. Mm -hmm. um, and it's yeah. a bit of a can of worm that hey, if you if you if you've never seen color, then how are you associating these things? But whatever. And so it's it's almost like satanic ability is this extra fundamental force that exists in the cytoverse, right? Where ah, nice. Uh, it, normally in, in our universe, like you, we, we talk about electromagnetism or electric waves and magnetic waves. We talk about weak, atomic, um, and, and strong, uh, weak nucleus and strong yeah. nucleus yeah. force. Uh, and we talk about gravity, which we're not quite sure how to fit in there, but we think maybe there there are. Well, we know that there are gravitational waves, mm -hmm. yeah, which don't 
know how to quite explain them. And so, but there, there is the idea of the theory of everything, right? Einstein's dream, where we can consolidate all of these forces into one. Um, and the reason they're different is because of different scales, because of different like environmental conditions. And so, if you can unify all of these forces, theoretically, mm-hmm. and if there is an additional force, which is cytonics, and if that force can also be unified under the same set of equations, under the same like reasoning behind all of them, then if all of these forces are the same, then it's kind of in a fantasy world, a sci-fi world, conceivable that somebody who can detect one of them can detect the others because they are essentially the same force that manifests in different ways. Yeah, and so you're kind of feeling the world through cytonics. And, and we know that the Delvas are, uh, they are annoyed by all kinds of electromagnetic radiation. Like yeah, they, true. Um, they have to keep the normal radio quiet. So that would fit that as well. Like that cytonics are just sensible to all kinds of uh, yeah. radiation. Cytonics mm. is the most annoying to them. Like Cytonics is yeah. what draws them in. So perhaps it's like the most energetic yeah. type yeah. of thing. Uh, but we also know that among the other forces, electromagnetism is the next most energetic one, right? And then uh, it's strong in... Well, no, that depends on scale, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, not a well-posed question. <laughs> Fair. Retract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sit down, Your Honor. Um, but yeah, if, if cytonics is the, is like the loudest to them, then, uh, you can, you can ascribe a hierarchy where once that's out of the equation, then electromagnetism and so radio communication is, is pretty loud to them. It's like, they're not attracted to the weak nuclear, nuclear force, right? Yeah. Which is everywhere. Yeah. Well, the strong. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Let's do this next one. Uh, so this is another sky cytoverse question from Arshara. Ah, thanks, Chris. Are the Del- yeah. <laughs> are the Delvers, are they new since Jason's time? Brandon, they existed, but Jason didn't know about them. And Arshara's like, oh, because we couldn't find any trace of them. To which Brandon says, there is no trace of them. They were basically added in when I was doing Skyward. It was my evolution of where I wanted to take the whole thing. Brandon wrote Defending Elysium a really long time ago in Monterey, where I am. (laughs) Also, thanks, Grace, for coining the word Cytiverse. I love it. Uh, I would love it to love this universe to have a name that's not Skyward Universe. So that'd be great. (laughs) Defending Elysium Universe. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Skylysium. <laughs> Skylysium <laughs> Legion, because Legion Skyward. Oh, no. Plus perfect. Yeah, yeah. Plus perfect yeah. state. Easy. Defending Skyward. Defending Skyward. <laughs> That's an interesting thing that the Delvers existed when Jason was doing all these very powerful cytonic things. It is mentioned that it took like several generations for like cytonic people to get power enough to start attracting delvers well the training yeah yeah and so like he's one of the first Mm -hmm. so of humans yeah of humans 
And um, it could be possible that the Delvers had learned, like it, when in the start, when there was only one person in the wing, them it was enough to ignore it. But then, like a bunch of people did it, and they came through. And now, whenever they feel that one person, it's enough to be like, we need to stop this now before it gets too much. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of this is very human centric, right? Because we know, for example, that the Kitson have been on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hundreds, if not thousands, because I don't know when the Defending Elysium happens, but it's like at least hundreds of years before DE. Um, and they had, like, they traveled to Earth using cytonics. We also know from Starsight that something like the Mind Blades is a pretty advanced technique. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's- Spencer doesn't have it. Jason did. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's tricky because since Defending Elysium was written so long ago, yeah, and it's kind of difficult explaining some of the things that happen in it. Mm-hmm. That if Brandon wrote it now, like, like there probably would be a mention of the eye. Mm-hmm. Jason probably would be more specialized. That yeah. to a certain extent, Defending Elysium is a product of its time. And so it's not as useful a basis for theorizing. Yeah. I, because it's I like, agree. by definition, Brandon is going to have to like twist some of the rules that now exist to explain what happened yeah. there. Yeah. And as far as the Delvers are concerned, like uh, they came from another story that you wanted to write the eyes like the mm-hmm. Fermi paradox story. So mm-hmm. that was an entirely separate story. So that explains why there's none in Defending Elysium because yeah. he didn't have the idea yet. Yeah. I personally think, because uh, the, the Dions mentioned that there were 13 Delvers or something mm-hmm. that came mm-hmm. out. Uh, and I want to imagine that that was before Jason's time, but yeah. uh, maybe, maybe not. Well, we do also know that humanity have a humanity has a higher rate of cytonics in the population than the other alien races. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, defending Elysium takes place in uh, the year twenty two eleven. Argent, by the way. Cool. Yeah, but like at that point, there really isn't any prohibition on like the aliens' part to like limit mm-hmm. cytonics. Yeah, that's true. Huh. Maybe. I probably wouldn't think about it too hard. Yeah. Like a potential explanation that Bren could use is like that the Delvas were really in like the galaxy is pretty large. And so like just the Delvas were more of a threat in one part. And like for some reason they didn't use Cytonics for uh fast and light communications too much then and so they didn't know across the galaxy that there were these eldritch horrors on the other side and earth was in like that region and yeah but i don't know Hmm. that would be one way but they have fast and light communication so it is moot again i think there's probably some in world explanations but we're not going to get it from us blabbing here (laughs) probably because it is retroactively expanding the Mm. universe right yeah Mm -hmm. And, like, maybe there's some slight non-canonical things in Defending Elysium as well. That's mm-hmm. just like, hey, mm-hmm. 
the capitalization is not the same. Like, <laughs> so like there, there's probably some small things that might need to be altered for it to be truly canonical, but it, eh, I'm mostly canonical. Next question. We abandon the side of us to go to the place where all questions go. Roshar. The spiritual realm? Well, I mean, it's, it's no practically bad. Roshar. Um, will we see more of Risen in the Stormlight Archive books? Uh, yeah, I plan to. She never becomes a main character. I, pl I plan to have an interlude with Risen every time, says Brendan. So she won't be out of the interludes? No, she won't be. Uh, but I might write a novella with her like I did with Lyft. And it's definitely talked about the novella before, but interesting yeah. that she never spirals into a main character in the back five, and she's only she's interlude only with maybe yeah. a novella. That's interesting. Uh, I mean, obviously, we can also meet her from other characters' perspectives. Yeah, the yeah. same way we did at the end of Oathbringer. Sure. Yeah. This next one is one of my favorites for a Brandon <laughs> sassy answer. I love it. This is incredible. Questioner. I have a bit of a problem with the first desolation timeline. Not the only I'm one. Wo <laughs> I'm wondering how old were the heralds when they became heralds, Brandon. The age that you would see them as when you met them, they basically are the age they look. When they became heralds, they are the age that they appeared. So they were like in your younger middle age? Some of them. I mean, Ishar is older. So that means that the entire timeline of the first desolation happens within a single lifetime? A lot of the ancient chronologies are wrong, and you won't get the actual answers until the heralds themselves explain it in their flashback sequence in the back five. You've said that the heralds came over from Ashen. Yes. Okay, how old were they then? <laughs> Younger than they were when they became heralds. <laughs> <laughs> kudos, he good does, sir. Could kudos. He confirm that there is no time travel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm so curious how off the ancient chronologies would be and what actually yeah. happened. And I hope it will all piece together correctly. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm worried yeah. about. Yeah. Brandon's doubling down, so that that's mm -hmm. good. So I, I think he has a plan. And it sounds like one of the takeaways is that the moment they become heralds, they essentially freeze yep. when it comes to their age. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I, that does make sense because as heralds, they are cognitive shadows. Well, so you could say that, but also like returned kind of... <laughs> They don't get to choose their age and body, but like that's malleable. Or back they to the change. Uh, they, uh, they, 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 at the moment of return, they change, or at least can change. Yes, mm -hmm. I. And so it could have gone either way, but at the same time, the heralds know how old they are. <sighs> and maybe the, it was just returns are a good point that. Yeah. But maybe it just was part of the oath pack that, like, you get to be, or every time I create a new body for you, it will have the same age. Like, they just agreed on that, maybe. Well, so with the bodies, what's probably happening is, because we know that they get bodies, like, that are generated from investiture, essentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, 
Yeah, what's probably happening is the body they get is the body they had at the moment of the Oath Pact. Or sure. mm-hmm. yeah, around that time. It. This is interesting, though, because what we can do is we can look at the apparent age of all the Heralds as we see them right now. Mm-hmm. And, and we can draw some conclusions about... Right, so, so if, if, for example, uh, let's say Shalash looks like she's 25. Maybe Shalash is not the best example because we don't know if she was born. Mm. Let's say Ishar looks 60, for example. That means that he was about 60 when he became a herald, which means that it's not possible for, for there to have been more than 60-ish years, probably pure because other heralds are younger between the exodus and and his his ascension to a to a herald uh so that doesn't tell us it doesn't tell us much like we we already kind of knew that it had to be a lifetime type of thing but like if kalak looks to be 20 or 30 or whatever then that narrows that that Mm -hmm. window much much more Man, there's a lot that needs to happen yeah. in that lifetime. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot um, that needs to happen. So, talking about oh, why the heralds kind of stop aging compared to the returned, one thing I think is interesting is that we know Ishar looks like he would look Shin, but he is currently leading Tukar. Tukar, mm-hmm. yeah. And like, yeah. there's I think someone has asked Brandon about that. He didn't really give an answer. So it's possible maybe they they heralds could change more, but like their perceptions of what they looked like when they stopped aging is affecting things, maybe. I think, and it could just be returned are more malleable. Yeah, I think they're more malleable also because they're being put in the same dead body that they had when yeah. they were alive, and so that's another factor mm-hmm. that the heralds have. A new one recreated, not the same one. Yeah. And it's like the, the descendants of the first returned with the royal locks inherit that ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't know if like if a herald were to have a child, it's unlikely that child would have the royal locks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That is interesting, but I think we can all agree that Brandon's answer of younger than they were <laughs> when they became heralds is spectacular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Technically correct. The best kind of being the correct. The best kind of correctness. Let's move on to the next swap, uh, where the question asks, um, are there enough perfect gemstones on Rosha to capture all of the unmade? To which Brandon answered, yes, there are. Mm. Which- Cool. I'm not super surprised by this. No. Yeah. Because there's like only the, nine unmade. Yeah. That's I, not that I think many. there's more than 10 perfect gemstones, but. Yeah, they, they use them in uh, Shadesma as mm-hmm. banks. Oh, yeah, so right. True. Yeah, to there be, has well, to be a lot more. Nah, I, I wouldn't have yeah. said it has to be, but it, it, it's very reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Questioner. Mm-hmm. Has hemallergy been used outside of Skadriel that we've already seen? Brandon, you haven't seen someone using it, but there are effects of it that you have seen, I believe. 
So we haven't seen someone do what? the stabby stabby, but we've yeah. probably <laughs> seen somebody with spikes. Do we think this just refers to the Kandra world hopper? Yeah, po- po- it's possible. I, I guess that could technically be correct. That's the that's the boring explanation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like there was a much older wob, like from several years back, that said that we have seen somebody outside of Scadrial who has done hemolurgy, had hemolurgy done on them, but that there aren't enough clues in the text for us to identify them. Yeah, whereas this mm-hmm. is saying there are effects of it that you have seen. Mm. Which is why this is confusing to me. Well, those could be different things. That like someone that we've never seen has used hemology. But Brandon is saying here, you haven't seen that person, but you have seen effects uh, of hemology. Mm. So that's consistent that we just haven't seen that person, that that's just in the background. Sure, I guess. Huh. Well, I don't know what that could mean because hemology can do any old thing, uh, really, with enough knowledge. So, yes, Ian? (laughs) (laughs) It's not something I want to get into. But I did have, like, a really good theory about what Stealing Destiny had you know, you know day, we're, but we're, I do not want to get into that right now. Are you sure? Are you sure we got time, <laughs> yes. actually? Do it. I dare you. I double dare you, Ian. <laughs> I might steal your destiny if you don't. I double There's doggy dare you. A somewhat high probability we actually did discuss this on the hemology episode, and I've just forgotten about that, and now I'm claiming it as my own idea. But, you know how Kaladin is good at the sphere because he will be good at the sphere. Kick him out of the podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) And how it's like, Syl was like, I didn't know you, but the wind knew you. And how like, Syl like changes to look like Shallan before like, when she's standing on the edge of the puddle. So Mm -hmm. what if like, stealing destiny is stealing like, future parts of like future connection to your spirit web like connections that aren't things that aren't part of your spirit web yet but will be (laughs) (laughs) Uh which is still technically part of your spirit web yeah because time has no meaning (laughs) and this is why i did not want to get into it here (laughs) that is true i also have some bad news for you guys what but we have not been in wob mode this episode. <laughs> That's fine. It's oh, fine. That's okay. less. It's less production later. It's less production later. But I'm sorry, viewers, that uh, I didn't have my reminder. People can look at their wobs whenever they want. They can look at our faces only when we record. That is a good point. I'm glad they've yeah. been they've been getting the content they come here for. Yeah, that's fine. But I'll I'll switch it now. Do you want to go to the next one? Yeah. Don't any of you want to respond to my theory now that you made me <laughs> say it? No, no, Not I don't. Really, no. <laughs> we already um, have a spiritual realm, so it's fun. <laughs> right. So, what are you thinking? You're thinking that 
what Brandon might be saying here is that we have seen somebody who has stolen somebody else's destiny. Oh, no. it's That's all another part. It's like it doesn't actually have anything to do with it. I was just thinking about like, oh, the hemallergy. Oh, yeah, I had that idea about stealing destiny the other day. And <laughs> Which is why he didn't want to talk st- about it on this episode. Yeah, but okay. we forced him to. Well, we only we only have about 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 a page yeah. left of wobs. Let's let's go into this. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> we don't actually have to. It's a reasonable idea, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure how something like that might manifest in the Cosmere, right? Because mm-hmm. let's take uh, let's take Kaladin's stabby stabby skills. His uh, his spear fighting skills. He is so so. He's a youth, right? It's it's the mm-hmm. first time he's he's picking a. I think it was a staff or a quarter staff that he picks yep. up, and and like he really feels the connection there, right? Mm-hmm. And then years down the line, he starts training with a spear. He becomes very good with a spear. Mm-hmm. If we are saying that one of the reasons he will eventually become very good with the spear is that. Be- even back then, even in Hearthstone, he had those connections. They were just mm-hmm. like, yeah, you, you can you can he think of those as paths. Destiny. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. they're like paths that at the end of the path, he is good with the spear, and like so, the path still connects. I don't know mm-hmm. why I'm saying path, but I have like two <laughs> hands. Why do why do we have two hands? You're drawing the what two sides hands? of the path. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what is a hand? But but so so back in Hearthstone, there is still a capital C connection between that version of him and the version of him in the future, where he is a skilled spear master. Uh, but he's obviously not that version of himself, right? Mm-hmm. And so let's say you uh, you go to him after he shows off. Or tries to show off and like has the fight with Jost and gets beaten mm-hmm. up and is like, Cal, lay down on this table real quick. Let me show you something. And you stab him. <laughs> and maybe you steal his destiny. <laughs> what are the implications of that? Implications of that. Like, so one, he no longer has that destination, right? It's no longer because he's dead. <laughs> details. <laughs> But it's um, not the destination that matters, it's the journey <laughs> that matters. Right, so when you steal destiny, do you also steal the journey, or is it uh, just the destiny? Only destination. <laughs> uh, so, so does that mean that he can never become good with the spear? Does it mean that he's less likely to become good? Because like maybe there were other connections that also led to, to that same destination, right? Uh, maybe the whole thing with TN doesn't happen and the army doesn't happen, but like he just trains with the local lumbersmiths or whatever. Or does it mean that so that's him? And then you, now that you've committed a child murder, yeah, as you do, are are you now destined to become good with the spear? Are you more likely to become good with the spear? Are you? What are what are your thoughts on on the actual effect of that thing? So, I think this gets into stealing destiny would just be very weird and very mm-hmm. difficult to do well. Yeah, <laughs> I think if Kaladin were to survive 
that destiny being spiked out of him, it's not impossible for him to become good with the spear, but it's much less likely for him to be, I think. Because it's like he's not getting that, like, because to a certain extent, it's like it's a positive feedback look, feedback mm-hmm. loop. Like, he's good at the spear because he will be good at the spear. Now he's just. <laughs> The meme of a while. Have, yeah. I know. But you memed it so much. <laughs> you think he can learn it, but he is naturally good at it. Like, yes. Yeah. Okay. And he probably he won't be as good as he is yeah. as we see him. He just, I don't know. I have even more of a twisty turny oh, no. hypothetical. Oh, great. Rather than, oh, the, rather the than stealing the good with a spear, you said right. you gave us an example that still said the wind knew you. If you steal that part of the destiny, Kaladin survives. Okay? Mm-hmm. You spike that into yourself, but still, she sees that there's a spike in you. Doesn't want to form a bond, but mm-hmm. Kaladin, despite the fact that that was spiked out of him, he's still essentially the same person, right? He still wants to protect people. True. Mm-hmm. So what what happens with Sil? Or alternatively, because you spiked the wind out of him, that that is connected to other things, and so maybe now he doesn't want to protect people. Yeah, that's that's one of the main reasons I didn't want to use that as an example. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like skill with the spear felt very concrete isolated yeah Yeah, Yeah. very concrete once you start throwing other people in the mix and like personal characteristics that are not necessarily stolen by hemolurgy Mm -hmm. there's a spread involved those are more Um, fun to talk about though yeah it's like like i said being able to use this kind of hemolurgy well i think for a the average human or other sapient being in the Cosmere would be virtually impossible. Like, you simply would not have enough information to have the right intent mm-hmm. to spike the right ig- no. exact thing You'll probably to do what you wanted else. to do. Yeah. I, I also still think that maybe Destiny is just some yeah. Skadrian scholars not understanding fortune properly. Still um, very possible. possible. Um, and I mean, like, the things we're talking about might still be fortune. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. the things that you're talking about could maybe be done with stealing connection mm-hmm. in some way. Yeah. That you're and stealing his connection with a spear. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yes, but ultimately, I don't... This goes back to our conversations about fortune, which I think all fortune is, is reading, like, future yeah. connection. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, that isn't too dissimilar from what I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah, but we know it's a spiritual attribute. Like, it's a concrete thing. Yeah. What is a thing in the spiritual realm? (laughs) What does it mean to be concrete? Obviously, with destiny, there's the whole question of, like, free will as well, and what destiny is and how free will in the Cosmere plays into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am so sorry, Marvin, that you... (laughs) had to be here for this. 
It's like, hey, remember that conversation we had that one time? Let's just have another conversation about that thing on a different episode. How about we move on to the next question where we will now actually go into wob mode uh, yes. to do that. But that was okay. a fun tangent. The, these 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 episodes get to be a little more chatty, you know? Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're talking about things. This is This is kind of like what our conversations are like. <laughs> A little bit. So this questioner asks, Hoyd's ability to hurt Kelsier, is that due to his perceptions, beliefs, or those of an external entity? Brandon, it's going to be a bit of both, but more his perceptions and beliefs. This is how a lot of things in the Cosmere um, work in the Cosmere, particularly if you're aware they work. This is referring to Hoyd's inability to hurt people. Mm-hmm. But he can hurt Kelsey. Yeah. To where they were? The cognitive realm. Yes. Yeah. Like- oh, oh, oh. I was thinking the well. What is the well? Where it could be the well. Yeah. The well of ascension is well known for being associated with beating people up. Everyone knows that. <laughs> it could just be they were closer to the spiritual realm because they were in a perpendicularity. Sure, why not? Uh, Your fist ascends to the face of the other person, so... Yeah. I'm connecting with you! <laughs> <laughs> we have a connection! <laughs> Left fortune, right fortune! <laughs> I might see Call this fist thing. connection and this fist identity. <laughs> <laughs> yep. How much do how much do we know about Kelsier and his hurting things stuff? What do we no, need? He does it a lot. Yeah. Okay. Hoyd. <laughs> Hot Kelsier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All we know is that Hoyd can't hurt people. Uh, according to Rock, didn't Rock uh, supposedly say the other gods made it that way or something? He did. I think About Lunuanaki. But yeah. how much yeah. of that is true to Hoyd? foreshadowing. I think there's enough I think there's enough uh, hints that Lunuanaki is Hoyd that like, we can kind of take well, that into account at least. I would say Lunuanaki is a cultural construct based on Hoyd. Yeah, mm. I, I think Ian's just saying, is is that yeah. just mythology or actual things? But considering mm. Hoyd can't hurt people, that th- there's definitely some truth to it. Yeah. But. Mm, I'm trying to think whether there was one that talked about whether his inability was self-imposed or forced by others. Yeah, like that's that's the thing. Like if he thinks he can't hurt people, like he doesn't know that he will be able to actually hurt Kelsier. Mm-hmm. Yes. He supposes that it might be. And he also says that I don't remember if this was where to Brandon or like Hoyd in Secret History, but Kelsier might have been hurting because he thought he should be hurting based on what Hoyd was doing to him. Uh that's Secret History. Yeah. Oh, like the actual pain. Yeah. Right. So, like, Hoyt is beating him up, and Kelsier thinks, like, oh, he's beating me up. I should be feeling pain. Mm. No, he does. I can't help but think that Hoyt's inability to hurt others is somehow tied to his his healing factor. Uh, 
I mean, they are two I... weird things, the Thoid, for sure. Yeah, so the, the two, the two have, have always been connected in my head, in that you can't damage others, and you can't damage, be damaged yourself, kind of thing. Okay, yeah, I would say that that is reasonable. Uh, and, and the reason I bring it up is because at the end of Oathbringer, he is able to suppress his healing thing, hmm. which suggests that it's a thing like that, that's his own, like he has control over it, even if not yeah. complete. Wait, he suppresses his healing thing? Yeah, uh, because he, he manages to punch his tooth out. Well, he gets someone to punch his yeah. tooth out. Uh, sure. Because yeah. he can't even hurt himself. Yeah. Right, but but he was talking about how he's been suppressing it for like two weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't remember that. Hmm. I vaguely yeah. remember that. Okay, yeah, no, no, yeah. cool. It's like the fact that it isn't just other people that he can't even cause harm to himself. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know. All of this is very preservation-y, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Hypothetical. There's a crumbling that is part of a horde (laughs) running past Hoyd. Can he step on it? (laughs) Knowing what if if, knowing and not knowing that it is part of a Dissian alien. Can can Hoyd hurt animals? I don't know if we know. I would I don't think we know. I would say that he can. Because I think his limitations apply to sapient beings only. Mm-hmm. So the question is... Maybe sentient. Yeah, would a hordling count? Because mm-hmm. the hordling is not yeah. the Dysianamian. Does I, I, a hordling dying cause pain to a Dysianamian? I think if he it? knows, he wouldn't be able to partially just based on perception. Mm-hmm. Not sure how his perception of this matters. Yeah. Well, I mean, that Brenton says in the swap that. Well, yeah. It's partly his perception. But like, I, so. I don't know how yeah. mechanically that yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, how that operates. Course, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know how. Like, if he tr- actively tries hurting someone, like, how does he like stop doing like not hurt other people? Like, I don't know. I don't. I I, I imagine he just fails to perform the action. Yeah. Like he tries to punch somebody and it's just like your hit his hand doesn't do the motion. But like he he almost accidentally steps on someone's toe. Like he just can't. Weird to think about. Mm. I feel like it's about intent. Yeah. yeah. Probably he can't yeah. intentionally hurt someone. Yeah. This definitely is a capital I intent situation, I would say. Yeah. Like like if you were to toss Hoid from from a building on top of somebody else. That's not him. Like <laughs> obviously he would squish that somebody else and damage them if not kill them. But like he's not doing that thing intentionally or yeah. doing that thing okay. at all. No, he, he'll just fair. he'll just fall like this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just do a sharp like right angle to the laws of physics. Do not allow you to do this. <laughs> I'm sorry, Hoyd. I can't allow you to do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of the laws of robotics is like you will not harm someone or through inaction allow harm to come to someone. Yes. So mm. do we think Hoyd is could through inaction, could he allow someone to be hurt? 
Absolutely. Does he only have that one half of the law? I I think so. I am firmly in that camp. Well, he says to Dalinar that he's totally cool with like, ah, yeah, if your world burns to get what I want, then Mm. that's, I'm cool with that. So. And like, I guess that's also a sort of philosophical debate how far these uh, laws of robotics apply, but like, could he have at the Davas, there was a lot of damage done there. Mm. Hoyt was in Shalan's life mm-hmm. before that happened. So would he have been, or would he have had to do it? Because he also has like fortune stuff that is weird. So like how far back sort of does his inaction? Mm-hmm. I don't think inaction. Yeah, I don't think inaction. But yeah. that does raise a good point of like, how many steps removed he can't punch a guy mm-hmm. but let's say like he pushes a boulder down a hill and that boulder hits someone mm-hmm. i think uh, that's where we got to uh, go back to intent yeah yeah i think that would be okay yeah if somebody just happens to walk by and like a sit yeah that would work okay if- interesting great Next question. No more Hoyd. Yay. Number Hoyd? No more Hoyd. Okay. Number Hoyd. Number A plus. 1 800 Hoyd Vax is my new phone number. Uh, Questioner asks I was just going to ask if we are going to hear any more of First of the Sun, which is the sixth of the disc story. Yep. I actually started writing says Brandon, a sequel story, but it gives a lot away about Era 4, Mistborn. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, The questioner continues, so we'll just wait a little bit. And Brandon says, yeah, we'll see if Peter thinks I'm giving away too many things. Like, I don't want to give away endings of things like Stormlight Archive in the short story, and so I have to be careful about those things. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. As excited as I am of Dusk exploring the cognitive realm, yeah, I would expect the big tentpole series to have pretty big Cosmere-wide things occur. So, yeah. Yeah. And as as much as I like Cosmere secrets, I personally would rather have plot-relevant story beats stay a secret. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll pick apart any detail, so... Yeah. Yeah. Because like oh, you can't, you can't have dusk go into intercognitive realm there, and somebody shows up and like, "Wow, hello there, good traveler. Our one and only shard in the Cosmere, <laughs> Harmony, because everyone else died, says welcome." He has to go through customs. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. In in that scenario, that's the problem. He's not going through customs. Yeah, 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 yeah. What it would give away about the um, Stormlight Archive ending is that uh, Chowder becomes sort of the, like there's a Chowder chain and like he, that's where he first eats it. Ah, uh, yes, of realm. course. That's like McDonald's all over the cognitive <laughs> realm. Yeah, yeah. It's just Chowder places, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So maybe we don't get that one. That's okay, though. Well, yeah. I think he'll write it, but we just won't get it until it's no longer spoiler. Oh, will it be like oh. one yeah. of those things like The Traveler, maybe? 
Because like he wrote Traveler and is like, wow, that's giving a lot away. And now we have secret history. So now I can talk about it. Right. Yeah. So like it might go into the vault for it'll be like years. Yeah, every every uh, state of the Sanderson for the next 20 years, we'll just have six of the disc people written, but waiting to release <laughs> until secrets are revealed. I have to write three more series to do it. <laughs> One of them being Stormlight, so have fun waiting. Six of the disc sequel, T minus 34 years. Great. Well, looks like uh, I can't wait for that because. Because I mean, I, I mean, I can actually. Like, I'm, I'm cool <laughs> with that. So then, there's a few more wobs from uh, that uh, high school signing thing, uh, mm-hmm. and we talked about the spiciest one about the Aiden Alcium mm-hmm. thing in the last episode. But there's a few more that are uh, somewhat interesting. This questioner asked, "Can a high storm recharge sand from Taldane, and would that sand be charged with stormlight, or would it be masterable?" Brandon, it would recharge the sand and it would be masterable, not stormlight. Makes sense. Yeah. I think this makes a lot of sense, yeah. Um, when you charge sand, what you're doing is you're not storing investiture in the sand. You are like the, the, the little thingies, which may or may not be lichen, that are on the surface of the sand are, are getting charged themselves. Mm-hmm. And when you are mastering sand, what you're doing is you're trading your own water for the investiture of those little thingies to produce like the effect that you can produce, which is sand mastery. Mm -hmm. So what kind of investiture is stored in the sand doesn't matter. What matters is that you're getting it and you're performing sand mastery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. Yep. Cool. Okay, then let's move on to the last question for this episode, uh, where the question asked whether um, uh, what would happen if Nightblood was drawn in the spiritual realm, and the answer from Brendan was trademark, really bad thing, and saying trademark like that really is not a trademark move of his, but that is yeah. No, We're bookending our wobs with a more terrible things that <laughs> Nightblood would do, but yeah. like, how would you even get Nightblood into the spiritual realm? How does that even make sense? But so, yeah. yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, you can't draw Nightblood because drawing implies motion, and motion implies time. And technically, he's already there. <laughs> it's already drawn. <laughs> it's already drawn. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, we cool. opened the episode with Nightblood, and we closed the episode with Nightblood by stabbing it. Yeah, great, awesome. Well, cool. Well, we got our wops. Uh, a little shorter episode this time, but that's okay. We we had a fun little uh, destined interaction, you know, uh, that occurred. But that, that's maybe that's all fine. Maybe we maybe did. maybe destined. Uh, so why don't we go on to who's that Cosmere character? This character is from Roshar. Menace. Tia Tom. Braze. Void in drag on a horse. <laughs> it's time for Who's That Cosmere character? Call. So I forgot to do this wheel on the last episode. Ah, uh, that's okay. So, uh, hello and welcome to Who's That Cosmere character, <laughs> the show where you send in an email with five clues and a character that they re- correspond to. I read the five clues aloud to our panel of contestants, and after each clue, they have a chance to guess who's that Cosmere character. Yes, make sure to include the character that your clues go to. <laughs> Very good. Uh, 
Uh, send your submissions to WTCC at 17Ferrari.com. And uh, Evgeny, what are you doing? Unlimited clues. Unlimited <laughs> clues. Ah! Execute order 69. <laughs> <laughs> Palpatine was not as fun as I was hoping in Rise of Skywalker. Must say, not a fan. No. Spoilers if you haven't seen it. There's Palpatine in there. Spoilers, the first text says he's there. So, you know, yeah. it's not really a spoiler. <laughs> literally the opening crawl. <laughs> it literally says, oh, Palpatine's back because reasons. Hey. <laughs> All right, uh, this first one was sent in by Hutton Hole, and they put 10 clues, so I'm just going to choose my five favorites. Yeah. Wow. They have no faith in us. I can't fit 10 on here, so just send it by. <laughs> uh, clue one This character works at night. Silence Montaigne? It is not Silence Montaigne. Good guess. Ian? I don't remember his name. Is that your guess? No. <laughs> do, do you have okay. an adequate description? Yes. It is the old fisherman that um, dredges up Nightblood from the bottom of the bay who killed his mother to get her apartment, but then found out that she was only renting the apartment. Is that old and chaps so was that or old claps, I think? Yeah. Yes, it was, some, yeah. it was old something, old starting with a C. C. Yeah. Damn it, Ian, it's old chappy. <laughs> 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 that was a pretty specific first clue, I'll admit. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Nice. Not even upset. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, the only reason I know of this character is because I saw a piece of fan art of them. <laughs> the other clues are this character meets Nightblood. Oh, okay. This character uh, yeah, okay, yeah. goes by a name that's not their given name. This character works on a boat, and this character's work is illegal. Cool. I'm on a boat, yeah. <laughs> what a boat. The bad thing is, I actually looked up that character like two days ago when it came up that Nightblood changes weight now in the Leatherbound, apparently. But yeah. What? Oh, yeah, I remember. It don't remain for him. Wait, what? Yeah. Like, uh, apparently, they changed um, the wording. So at the beginning, Vesha remarks that, uh, oh no, so a guard remarks that, um, he, or he grunts at when he picks up Nightblood, surprised at the sword's lightness. And previously, there it said just weight, and everybody assumed that it was surprisingly heavy, not light. And yeah, apparently ah. they changed that in the other bound. Uh, I mean, I guess that's a clarification, not a not a change. Yeah, yeah I mm-hmm. guess so. Oh, also, at the, uh, a little later on, apparently, um, Vesha is surprised. You no, know, the, the the now heavy sword in his hand, like the now they added that, which, huh? Yeah, huh? Weird. But I don't have my leather bound yet, so I couldn't check whether that. Oh, I do, there. but uh, yes. downstairs. Yeah, it's downstairs. <laughs> the Warbreaker leather bound is gorgeous. I definitely panicked when I first opened it because I thought my cover was on upside down. <laughs> but then oh, I realized, like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, because it's the same on both. Yeah, I, I had the same thing. I'm like, because like, I, I got it like this, and I'm like, I'm opening, and I see the like it's upside down, and I see the back and page. I'm like, <laughs> what? And then I looked at the spine and like that was also upside down and it didn't click yeah, yeah, yeah. immediately. <laughs> that's so weird. Uh, but yeah, that's interesting. I guess I guess it makes sense if they are like 
emphasizing the similarity between Nightblood and Shardblades, which mm-hmm. are also lighter than they should be, given the like yeah. a blade of that size. Yeah, that's probably it. Oh, I should awesome. read that thing. Oh, I right, have so to I, go through piece I, that out. Yeah. Ironically, my copy is at the customs office right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the yeah. Nalthian customs. <laughs> so brutal. So brutal. But yeah. it, it's a beautiful book. Uh, definitely it get it if it, like it's super gorgeous. The art is on like fancy paper. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it's really shiny. Like people kept <laughs> telling me that the paper is shiny, and I'm like, well, okay, sure. And then I yeah, but it, then I'm you like, see oh, it, that's, yeah. I'm like, yep, that's that's a shiny paper. And and then like all of the God King's writing is in purple. Uh so it's it's yeah. really cool. Okay, I actually love that a lot. I like it too. It's sweet. Awesome. All right, let's do the next one. This next <laughs> one was sent in by Toaster Retribution. Toaster oh, Retribution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clue one, this character has a mysterious past. <laughs> Hoid. It's not Hoid. Vasher. It is not Vasher. Eden Elsium. Is it Beard? We haven't had Beard in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess Rock. It is not Rock. Look at you and your past. non-Mimi guesses. <laughs> Hey, I mean, Hoyt's a legit I got through here. all of my Miminas earlier with Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> but did Destiny have a child? <laughs> In the spiritual realm, maybe. <laughs> I'm going to pass on this one because I can't come up, can't come up with another person with wow, a mysterious past right now. Right. <laughs> everyone, everyone has a mysterious past in the company. Yeah, I suppose. Any yeah. of the heralds, any of the shards, <laughs> you just pick one. I, 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 will, just I, will, guess. I will give you a choice. Go ahead and guess silence. <laughs> no, you guess silence the last time. So yeah, guess. but that, that could be, that could be though. Yeah, mm-hmm. Last time I offered, told somebody to guess something, they got into the first clue and I was salty for a year and a half. Okay, I'm gonna say silence. It is, it is not silence. Vindicated! For a minute, when you pause there, Grace, and you says it is, and it is not silence, I was like, whoa, whoa. I was gonna walk out. We're gonna, I'll start doing all of my uh, answers very dramatically from now on. Okay. Clue two. This character is close to other mysterious people. That is not remotely helpful at all. Mraze. It is not Mraze. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. Yaddle. It is not Yaddle. Thank God, because that's who I was going to guess. God damn it. You had me going there for a moment. I know, I know. We need the lights to come down, like in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's I can reach fine. the light switch from here. And it would just turn off. It wouldn't. It wouldn't dim. It would just be in darkness. I mean, I can dim the supper light, but I'm gonna guess Shashada. What? Uh, Shashada. Shashara. Oh, Shashara. Oh, it is not Shashara. Yeah. Ah, okay. accents. I was like, wait, who? <laughs> Shashada. <laughs> just like systematically going through like every Cosmere series for mysterious people. Tom. It is not Tom. Clue two. This clue two. Char- or clue three. Clue three. <laughs> this character is a good fighter. Dent. Dent. Nail. It is, it is not Dent. It is not Nail. 
It is not our steel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I tried to do something different than 05 Scholar. <laughs> look, you are... It, Look, it can't be Yee Steel because Yee Steel's good at sneaking, not fighting. Yeah. Sneaking. Mentioned twice. <laughs> Clue four. This character is a liar. Of Partnell? A. I already guessed Hoyd. Yeah, he did. And he's not a good fighter. By definition. Is it Beard? It is not Beard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mysterious, associated with other mysterious liar and fighter were the Mm -hmm. clues. Yeah. Fighter. Is it Gavilla? Can you say this? Gavilla? No, it is not Gavilar. It's a good guess. A fighter and a liar. Oh, it's an I interesting can, combination. That should be, like, specific enough, shouldn't it? <laughs> Kelsier? It is not Kelsier. Like, fighter really just messes up my whole, like, list of mysterious people. Like, who's mysterious who fights? We guessed most of the five scholars. <laughs> There's only Yeastiel, which it cannot be. Uh... No, because he's good at sneaking. Because yeah, well, no. There's only three times he's mentioned. There's like five <laughs> references to him. Period in the entire yeah works of everything. Who's mysterious but good at fighting? Who's not male? You know what? It's not. But I'm gonna go with Rasteris. It is not Rasteris. Because I know he's not a good fighter. But you know what? Dang it, he's mysterious. <laughs> Clue five is this character has indigestion problems at the end of Oathbringer. What? <laughs> what? Tusser Restribution send in some good clues here, I must say. It specifically said magical indigestion, but I thought that might give it away too quickly. Odium? It is not odium. <laughs> okay, I don't know. All right, All right let's, let's, let's do the clues again verbose. Okay. Verbatim, not verbose. <laughs> uh, this verbose. character has a mysterious past. Okay. This character is close to mysterious people. This character is a good fighter. This character is a liar. This character got magical indigestion problems at the end of Oathbringer. At the end of Oathbringer or by the time Oathbringer ended? It says at the end of Oathbringer. Oh, well. Do you want to answer more about that? (laughs) (laughs) What? See, my thought is that this is an old magic thing. That they got magical indigestion from an old magic thing. Mm, No, no, no. It's not that. I mean, I have a guess that kind of fits, but I would like... If that was the correct one, I would be upset. And so I'm not going to guess it. It's literally. Do you, in the do you not want to say it aloud so other people can guess it if they want? Uh, well, no, because if they do guess it, then I and it, it is correct, I would still be upset. <laughs> but if you're upset and you say it now, then we have it on record that it is that one, and you don't. Yeah, have to last time we it. did that, it did so not. Do you want well to be upset and correct, or upset, upset and get a point, or upset? And not get a point. I guess. I guess <laughs> I would be upset either way, wouldn't I? Yeah. If you're right. Well, if I'm right, yeah. Who the but, hell but is magical I, indigestion? But if I, but if so I'm like, not, I would be upset because I'm wrong. 
This story doesn't yes. have a happy ending for me. No, it doesn't. <laughs> um, but, you know, screw it. Uh, Nightblood. Is it is not yeah. Nightblood. Okay, yeah, I would be upset if that was the answer. <laughs> you, might, yeah. you guys might still be upset, but as the judge, I'm ruling that uh. these two times. <laughs> oh, I see. I'm just gonna go ahead and guess lift because it is not lift. No. I like I like where your minds are going now. Clever. I don't know who the hell is magical indigestion. <laughs> is it? Uh, I think I know it. Oh no, I, I think, don't. I think he just got it. I think you can oh, tell me, not. and then I'll know it. Oh, oh! Mm. <laughs> I think I just got it. I don't. I, I'm. If it's who I think it is, I am not mad. Okay. Because it, 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 it does fit, sort of. Is it cheery, cheery? It is not cheery, cheery. So do you one of you want to say what you think it is? Is it Amram? It is Amram. Mm. <laughs> Because <sighs> something he ate didn't agree with yeah. his continuing life. I don't like this. Right, I think as, as, as the judge, I made a decision that like these it. clues count. I no, don't like it. No, no, the gemstone never makes it to his stomach. It kind of gets stuck <laughs> here in the, in the trachea. Because when he is exposed, we see a hole in his chest, not in his stomach. And that's where the gem is. So it's not indigestion, it's... It's not indigestion. It's related to magic, but it is not indigestion. It's a swallowed thing and did not cause stomach pain. Yeah. Eh. I, I, liked, I liked the clue. <laughs> I thought it was a fun clue. Yeah. <laughs> Pout. <Fine>. I've abused... <laughs> Follow us on SemptyShow.com for all your news, discussion, theories, and pedanticness that you could ever want. You can join Discord for the same thing. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and you can support us on Patreon. And we will see you all next time. Bye. Cheerio. Bye. Bye. Aw. <laughs> cheery, cheery. Oh.